Hi there, it's Tanya McIntyre, Red Roof Recovery, a program to soften the path of recovery from substance and behavioral addictions. Today I want to talk to you about uh, a concept that was introduced to me early, well I shouldn't say early in my recovery. Um, I came to something called SMART, Self-Management and Recovery Training, back in 2018 after relapsing in eight years. Uh, in 12-step programs, I would relapse two, three times a year for eight years and uh, was in search of something else, an alternative that could not only prevent me from relapsing and slowly killing myself, but also help my peers in 12-step programs who sometimes didn't return from their relapses. I was going to a lot of funerals and I knew it was just going to be a matter of time before I didn't return from one of mine. So I found SMART, Self-Management and Recovery Training, smartrecovery.org, a wealth of information that you can find there. And I was introduced to something called the hula hoop concept, where we learn to focus on the things we can change and we learn to accept what we cannot change. And in the 12-step uh, program, we often recite the serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And when I became involved with SMART, I tweaked that a little bit. And now I say, grant me the serenity to accept the people I cannot change, the courage to change the one I can, and the wisdom to know that it's me. So when we look at the hula hoop, you know, that brightly colored plastic hoop that we try to keep balanced around our swirling hips without having it fall to the ground, it was certainly a balancing act that some of us developed, uh, but just as many of us, including me, lost interest after trying and failing a few times. Uh, not as easy as it looks for sure. And there are a couple of lessons in this metaphor of the hula hoop that I'd like to share with you. The hula hoop metaphor can remind us that there is great power in knowing that the only thing we can control in life is ourselves. And when we practice things, anything with patience and persistence, we can pretty much master just about anything. You can also think of the hula hoop as your very own sorting tool for identifying what you can control and what you can't control. If it's outside of your hula hoop, it's likely beyond your control and any effort to control those things are wasted. So what can I control and what can I not control? Well, within my control are things like my thoughts, my actions, goals I set, my boundaries, what I'm giving my attention, energy, and focus to, how I speak to myself, very important, our self-talk. So we're feeding that um, self-talk narrative with positive things instead of that negative default, the automatic negative thoughts, the ants that we often refer to that are running around in our head. Uh, I've heard people call it the itty bitty shitty committee. <laughs> I like that one. And something else I can handle is how I am handling challenges. That's within my control. What's without, what's out of side of my control is pretty much everything else. Uh, what happens around me, what other people think of me, the outcome of my efforts. Mm, we have to let go of the outcome. We can control what efforts we're making uh, the outcome, not so much. How others are taking care of themselves, the opinions of others, the actions of others, the past, the future, all of that outside of our control. So think about what's in your hula hoop. Well, definitely your body is there. 
uh, what you believe is there, your values, your dreams, your wishes, your goals, your thoughts, your opinions, your ideas, your feelings, your actions, your boundaries, and how you respond, and how you speak to yourself and others. What's outside of your hula hoop? Absolutely everything else, right? Other people's thoughts, feelings, actions, opinions, the weather, <laughs> my internet connection, uh, the current sad state of the world order. <laughs> Absolutely. So imagine that everyone in the world has their very own hula hoop. And that's a lot of hoops that are often crashing into one another, right? So just remember what's within your control, what's inside of your hula hoop, and what's outside of your hula hoop, that remains out of your control. Now I know it sounds a bit simplistic, but I think you might be amazed when you realize how often you find yourself in someone else's hula hoop. I know I do. So let's talk about things we can change. Well, the first thing we do when we wake up, make your bed, recite positive affirmations. I know when I go into the bathroom, I have on my bathroom wall uh, a lot of different po positive affirmations that I'm greeted to every day. And during that time, you know, I, I often say that structured routine has been paramount in my sustainable recovery. And I should mention that after relapsing in eight years of 12-step programs, um, when I did become involved with SMART in 2018, I'm recording this in 2022, and I just recently celebrated four consecutive years of sustainable abstinence from drug and alcohol addictions. So there's something to be said about SMART recovery. Cognitive behavioral therapies uh, is the foundation that SMART is built on, and cognition is just a fancy word for thought. So the premise being that we can change the way I think, way we think, and then we can change the way we feel. Change how we think, change how we feel. So what can we change? What's within our control? The first thing we do when we wake up is within our control. We can either decide to make the bed or not. We can recite some positive affirmations. We can brush our teeth. We can do our hair. We can have breakfast, uh, depending on you know what your situation is with your home environment, whether you're dealing with kids and getting them ready and off to school, getting ready for work. And during all of this, you can decide how much you're enjoying life. I have this ritual, uh, like I said, structured routine, very, very important for me. And the routine is pretty much the same every day because the routine when I was drinking and drugging was pretty much the same every day. So no difference when now I'm living a life abstinent from drug and alcohol addictions. It's the same structured routine. It's just one that's not killing me slowly every day. So as I'm going through my routine, I have this uh, Tibetan cup ritual that I use every night. And the Tibetans uh, used a cup and they turned it over just before they went to sleep. And that not only uh, would represent the end of the day for them, it also represented the end of their life. So one thing about 12-step programs is that, you know, I've been indoctrinated in 12 steps. I still go to 12-step meetings. I love them for the peer support. I think it's a great personal development program. And I love the slogans. I recite them all the time, 24 hours. That's all we've got, one day at a time. So I really resonated with this Tibetan cup ritual, the cup of life and death. Some people find it 
more of it. So the, the trick is that you have to keep looking for something that resonates with you, something that you're going to use every day. And when you find it, you grab onto that and you do it every day. Recovery doesn't take long. It does not take long. We have bought into this mindset that we have to check ourselves into a rehab for 30, 60, 90, 120 days. It doesn't work. Not for the majority of people. What does work? A persistent willingness to exert consistent efforts to help yourself. That's all it takes. 10 minutes a day. If you dedicate 10 minutes a day to your self-care and recovery program, your rituals, your structured routines, you can sustain your recovery. It's that simple. A persistent willingness to exert consistent efforts to help yourself. So as you're going through your structured routine, oh, the Tibetan cup ritual, yes, down the rabbit hole as I go, uh, that's it. So when I turn that cup over, when I, just before I go to sleep, I'm prepared to die. I'm kind of hoping that's how I go, peacefully, in my sleep. <laughs> And then when I wake up in the morning, it's like, holy mackerel, look at that. I turn the cup up and there is something transformational about that. I get another day. So I'm using that 24 hours as best I can. I'm doing the best I can, taking as many positive steps and actions as I can to accomplish the goals that I've set. And what SMART has done for me is helped me create that structured routine to start to retrain my brain to serve me in healthier ways. The thing about our brain is that it's a chemical organ that runs on about 80 different chemicals. But what we have working for us with our brain is the neuroplasticity that's available there. So all it takes is repetition to have good habits replace the bad habits and addictions. So while we're doing that structured routine, we're deciding how much we enjoy our life, how content we are, how strongly we feel about something, and this is a big one for me, how I am going to react or respond. I have learned to stop reacting and start responding. I can also now think about how I'm going to be dealing with the stresses in my life, because stresses aren't going anywhere, so we need to know how to deal with it in a healthy way. I also decide how much I'm going to be worrying about stuff. My philosopher dad used to say, worry is the interest paid on a debt that never comes due. And it is so true. It doesn't matter how much worry we put on something, it doesn't change the outcome of anything. And also, how much, uh, how, I, how am I spending my time? Where am I putting my attention, energy, and focus? And how I'm expressing my concern and how I'm doing it effectively. How I'm spending my money, oh baby. We could talk about this for an hour. Credit card debt. North Americans are now carrying more credit card debt than savings. The average credit card de debt apparently held by a North American is $50,000. And I often went to schools to do uh, presentations through junior achievers for students to talk about developing critical thinking and developing what's within their control early, sooner than later is better. And the thing about debt, credit card debt, is that it's almost impossible to get out from under once you're buried within it. And the example I used to give to the kids, the students, is a credit card of just, let's keep it simple, $1,000 balance. A $1,000 balance on a credit card 
that carries a 19.99% interest, which is about the average now for a credit card. How long do you think it would cost you or how long would it take you if you were just to make the minimum payment on that $1,000? And then I'll have the, you know, the kids <coughs> yell out their answers and some say, oh, five years, 10 years. And they're all shocked to know that it will take 25 years to pay off $1,000 making just the minimum payment. It is staggering when you think of it. It's legalized theft. And if you think of it that way, then it might be a little easier for you to delay gratification, delay that instant gratification. When you're tempted to use your credit card for something, stop and ask yourself, would I be doing this if I couldn't pay it off in 30 days? Would I be doing this if I had to pay cash? Would I be buying this? Is it really adding value to my life? Is it something I really need? Is it something that's going to last three to five years? Or is it something I'm going to be having to replace in a couple of years? Because we seem to have this kind of uh, automatic obsolescence built into things now that we've sold ourselves off to China. We're getting all of this junk in dollar stores that we have to throw away after a year or two. Not just dollar stores, pretty much every store now. So that's where we are. We are getting all of our things from China. Um, and you know, think about that too. It's all slave labor. Do we really want to support that with our hard-earned money and credit card debt that is just making other people rich? So just give it some thought. Pause. As I say, leave it in draft for a while. If you can wait 24 hours, I bet you you will decide not to go through with that purchase. So how you spend your money is definitely within your control. What substances you use, how you're helping your loved ones. And what about your heart rate and your blood pressure? That is definitely within your control. Tone of voice. Oh, that's a biggie. My husband often says, Tanya, it's not what you say. It's how you say it. <laughs> I have to continually work on that one. What I'm paying attention to, where I'm putting my attention, energy, and focus. That is definitely within my control. Our diet is a lot more than what we're eating. It's what we're watching. It's what we're reading. And it's what we're listening to. It's also who we're hanging out with. We become the company we keep. Our point of view, our opinions, our judgments, our assumptions, how we're getting help for ourselves. One of the hardest things we do, we have to do, is ask for help. So think about that. How are you helping yourself? Are you asking for help when you need it? What kind of help do you need? These are all things to reflect. One of my favorite words, contemplate. <laughs> so if you find this helpful, uh, please share it with your friends. Uh, follow me wherever you can. My husband and I do a weekly podcast you can find on YouTube at Red Roof Recovery. And remember to talk to yourself like you talk to your best friends. And I hope to hear from you soon if you want some help kicking a substance or behavior that's not helping you. It's easy when you have a persistent willingness to exert consistent efforts to help yourself. May the force be with you. And remember, you are the force.